0: Brian with the World podcast and today we are talking about augmented reality with Inna Fetisova. Hi Inna. Hi. Can you please tell a little bit about yourself and how you connected to augmented reality maybe something in your background?
1: Yeah sure first of all thanks so much for having me. I thought for a second we weren't going (laughs) to match our schedules enough to do this, but I'm really, really happy to have this platform and really nice to meet you guys. Anna and I actually met in person, I think, last year in London, so it's kind of come full circle, so I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, so a little bit about myself. My background is actually in linguistics. I was always really fascinated by language, communication, sort of the mechanisms of those things. and then I moved on to, you know, communication and strategy, and that kind of very beautifully led me to marketing, which is kind of my passion. It, you know, combines everything that I love about creativity and communication between people and community building. So yeah, when I when I kind of started exploring that space, one of the first kind of opportunities that I had was actually at a startup it was an xr startup uh, it was a global xr company maybe i'll do a name drop it's called yord based in prague amazing group of guys and i came on the team quite early on i would say and yeah like the first thing i did really was just go home first of all buy an oculus <laughs> and the second thing was you know just read as much as i could about the technology it was so so exciting to be able to uh, understand a little bit more about these things that I don't know I just for some reason like in my space and even I don't know among my group of friends I just was never really able to experience those things and explore that technology. I'm by no means an expert on it but having read so much like the first thing I did was like you know go out get as many books as I could uh, and be surrounded by those experts at my work. I've learned so much and it's, it's been an incredible journey into XR. And then after a couple of years there, I moved to basically f- co-founding a Web3 company. So I can talk a little bit about that a little bit later. But basically, we're really focusing on metaverse spaces and we consider augmented reality an iteration of the metaverse. So that's kind of where I am now. But having moved through sort of marketing, community building and XR, I feel like this is an amalgamation of everything that I'm passionate about. So I feel like I'm in the perfect place right now.
2: That's really cool. And I I think you mentioned like uh, your group of friends and like within your circle, nobody really knew about it. That was then. What, What is it like now? Do you think everyone's a bit more aware about it? I guess yeah. being you being... Also influencing the group.
1: <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, I don't know how much it is me, you know, forcing my friends to, you know, go on the Oculus and play around with it every time they come over. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to say, I think, how much of it is just kind of through my lens now or how much of it I see and look around. But to be honest, I really feel like there's just this wave, just people being educated a little bit more about the technology but also seeing really exciting use cases from brands and companies and organizations, celebrities, even so individuals. Uh, And that's really what's driving a lot of it forward. So some of those early adapters are now, you know, (laughs) saying, Hey guys, we told you like, you know, we were there like five, 10, 20 years ago, even, you know, talking about this, of course, everyone's experience, for example, augmented reality. And, you know, we can talk about AR a little bit deeper, but everyone's, you know, experienced filters on their phone or Pokemon Go. So it's not to say that it's anything new. But like I said, from, a, I guess, a business standpoint, it's just something that I'm really excited about. I've just seen so many cool, specifically, you know, marketing activations, you know, if I'm talking about my field specifically, uh, that don't feel too, like, salesy. They feel a little bit more thoughtful and kind of taking into account all the capabilities of the technology but also what the user wants and what the user um, kind of can experience if that makes sense so yeah it's just it's been really exciting I feel like it's it's getting more and more out there for people to be able to understand and use but again that might just be my lens
0: yeah I think I just like recently I saw a very good example of pizza hut or something like mm. because you mentioned the experience itself it's not uh, really marketing it feels more like gamified experience yes. so they use the box to mm-hmm. actually put the pac-man on top of that and people who ordered a pizza from a pizza hut they were able to play pac-man on top of the box so it's it's not yeah it's it's not very safely i mean it's more like a game and mm-hmm. maybe it's even better because People will feel more attached to their brand, or mm-hmm. something like that. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I think just like as well, when we tried to do some research, uh, we found some numbers from twenty to eighty percent. Right, Brian? Was it? Is yeah, kind of like a, conversion. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. you, have you experienced that, or you know, with using XR in in the marketing?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of one of the figures we also tell our clients. Yes, absolutely. There's something about being in control of an experience that really helps users understand more about your brand, about maybe the project or the product. So, you know, we can talk about obvious things like those AR placement apps, right? So Ikea, for example, you you know, you can place a chair in your living room and see how it works. That's kind of an obvious use case of like, okay, this, I can see how this can be, you know, utilized and why like this works for this particular product. But then something like, for example, yeah, like you said, some gamified app, uh, maybe the connection is not as obvious, but if you think about it, it's like, you're providing the user an experience. You're adding some layer to it that you normally wouldn't have. I mean, if you're thinking about walking past some billboard or, I don't know, watching an ad on TV, it's, it's just a completely different thing. The user is in control. And I think that can be said about a lot of, especially augmented reality projects and and advertisements quote-unquote or experiences how we like to say it's you know the the experience is in your hand literally you know it's on your phone Uh, and gamified uh, AR like apps or, or filters for example on Instagram are some of the best ways I've seen brands kind of using this experience Of course, there's also implications of like shareability, right? So, you know, you play the game and then you kind of compete against other users, like who has the best score and you want to share those scores. And, you know, the engagement just goes through the roof with those kinds of things. But of course, the same can be said about like face filters. People love, you know, to share selfies and kind of put themselves in these experiences. So it's just a really kind of almost obvious use case for those things so yeah absolutely there's the implication for for onboarding yeah it's it's amazing
2: Well, it's really great to hear all these examples because you know i think many years ago augmented reality was this like far off technology that no one really came close to and now it seems like you know, everyone's trying to get into it and everyone understands it and it's a lot more engaging to the users
1: yeah it's it's interesting that you say like understanding i also you know I feel with a lot of these, let's say, technologies, it's sometimes not even necessary for the person to really understand it, like how it works or how it functions. It just becomes the norm. Like, I don't know, filters on Instagram become the norm. But I think if you maybe ask the average person on Instagram, how does this actually work? Like, what's the difference between this kind of, like, filter where you have, like, the the mesh, right? How we do on on snapchat or or instagram versus these kind of like ai new filters that are coming out on tiktok and it's like i don't think people really know the difference between that but it's just something that they see they use they think it's cool they share with their friends and yeah and i think that's one argument that i hear a lot about these technologies i mean augmented reality i think is maybe in its own category now but virtual reality or you know like nfts or any sort of like web 3 kind of Topics people say, like, oh, well, people just don't understand and they'll never understand. It's too complicated. It's like people don't really have to understand it, maybe, you know? I, I think it just yeah. needs to be a part of their life somehow. And yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, definitely.
2: There is a good point there where people don't really need to understand it. I think AR has gotten to that point where people, there's a good enough user experience that people can understand it. It's a very simple thing, you know, just point your camera at the floor, point your camera in the face. I think it's instructions like that that make it easy to onboard people and that's why you know it's not necessary for them to understand the ins and outs mm. and how it works and everything.
1: Yeah. I mean yeah there's definitely still this aspect like even I'm thinking like two years three years ago when we were you know onboarding like clients for you know just simple like let's say air filters um we of course you know had to explain especially to some some of the older folks maybe uh exactly how it works exactly how you can interact like how you use your finger to like place an object in a space uh, so yeah maybe even in the last like couple of years i've seen like this kind of just become more obvious i guess like we're not having to explain as much uh, but with the company that i'm working for now that we co-founded moya uh, one of the biggest kind of use cases that we have is augmented reality merchandise So kind of connecting like physical and digital together. Uh, So when you have some physical object, like a t-shirt, kind of having the ability to then create some immersive experience around that, typically that would be like a filter, AR filter. So kind of going back to understanding again, that's something that we're still having to kind of explain, I would say. So um, how the filter works, how, for example, the image on the t-shirt needs to be trackable, for the filter to be able to work and function correctly, how you activate it. So whether it's a QR code or it's a chip. So some of these kind of very, I would say simple things. uh, It's true that some people are a little bit confused still, which which is interesting because I feel like it's been around for so long, but maybe because people aren't really seeing those those cases around them all the time yeah it might take it might take some some time still before that becomes the norm before google
0: tried to do something with the augmented reality glasses but i don't remember it probably didn't go well but right now apple is trying to do that as well and i don't know is there any kind of do do you see people using the the
1: glasses for that or we will still be using like phones it's interesting again um I'm by no means an expert in this kind of technology, but from what I can see and from kind of talking to people and just being a user myself, one of the most kind of basic arguments is that actually, you know, looking down at a phone, looking down at a screen is actually quite counterintuitive. Like that's not natural for us as people. We tend to, you know, look up at the world and that's, you know, the biggest argument against, you know, mobile phones or whatever. It's like, oh, people are in their screens all the time. They're looking down. They're not like looking around, enjoying the world around them. So that's kind of the implication is that we will evolve into a more natural kind of progression with this technology. So something where we can look up around the world, there will just be this superimposed information on it. So imagery or sounds or videos or whatever. 3D models in the space. So for me, and I think for a lot of people in this space, it's just the next kind of obvious thing. Uh, It just makes sense for the technology. Uh, We've also seen, like I said, so many use cases around it. And we're kind of very, I mean, I don't want to say limited, but limited to an extent, still on our screens, on our phones, you know, we have this mobile phone that you have to physically hold in your hand, you have to lift it up, to kind of experience this thing. You know, when you record, the video looks amazing, right? It's like a person, for example, for our, for our case, you know, we have a t-shirt, there's like some trackable image on the back and once you scan it, there's this gorgeous kind of wings filter that comes out of it. So that's amazing and it looks really cool when you record it. But, you know, holding it on your phone, there's still some limitations. You're still looking at a screen to experience that, right? Uh, but imagine, right, like that you can just look up See the person and have that experience right in front of you. That's yeah, of course. That's that's what we're all waiting for. So, <laughs> you know, we're I think everyone's kind of waiting for Apple and to see where they take it. And but I mean, I can't understate my excitement. The implication for that, for for all these use cases, just insane. You know, it's it's absolutely crazy.
0: I think just like when you gave the example with the wings, it's actually. Now I understand why the augmented reality filters are so popular, because we already got used to to lift our phones up and record something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, there, there's something in AR. It's just like an additional add-on. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like, I like augmented reality. They actually combine the virtual and real. So the, the best of the both worlds. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And it actually provides additional, um, maybe more personalized experience sometimes it could be so yeah it's kind of brings some emotions that's the reason why people are more engaged maybe that's the real thing that that that, helps marketing
2: yeah and i think yeah to your point about it being a personalized experience augmented reality virtual reality they're all very personalized experience because you can't i guess the thing about that is you can't really share the screen with someone else or it's very difficult to because you're you're the one in control especially when you're Wearing headsets, you know, no one is really seeing it through the same view as uh, you are. It's not as shareable as, say, video. Uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of layers there, and and kind of going back to what Anna was also talking about, this sort of blending the two worlds together. For example, so in that respect, it's let's say from a business perspective, right? So talking to clients and trying to onboard brands or you know celebrities, some that might have a little bit more of a conservative idea of I don't want to say marketing specifically but just in general kind of user experiences Uh, it's just a much more obvious use case than for example going straight to the metaverse right building some virtual world or having 3d assets in that space Uh, there's a lot of brands who do it and are afraid to do it and take that risk and and are happy to explore that space but there are some who say okay I, I just don't understand this and that's where we bring in AR that's where we say okay you can still have you know say your merchandise your hoodies whatever let's just add some immersive element let's just test that out with your users and see if they like it honestly 100% of the time we there's a positive kind of reaction to that because it's just an added element you're not taking anything away from people and then we kind of move them kind of into more more immersive space what I think is even kind of more interesting is just how people are able to personalize that space for themselves, if that makes sense. So I think, I don't know if you've seen this YouTube video of like hyper reality, I believe it's called. It's kind oh, of, yeah. A, yeah, maybe you've seen it. It's like someone walking through the streets or walking through a grocery store and they're just inundated with like these advertisements and like sounds and images. And it's kind of like people's worst nightmare. Everyone watches that video and says, oh my God, that looks awful. I would never want to experience that. But actually, if you really think about it, uh, the future of this space, if we're really talking about you know, ownership and decentralization and personalization, how amazing would it be to walk down the street and be able to mute advertisements or mute or hide experiences that you don't want to see around you you know so you are in charge of this experience you're able to turn on or turn off the things that you would like to experience or share with people and so yeah the implication for personalizing I think is is the most exciting one for me at least Um, again I think we're not there yet but as we look to the future I think that's yeah that's that's that excites me the most
2: yeah, the first thing I think of when you say that is like ad blocker for classes, really. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> the same way we have ad blocker in our web browsers.
1: Exactly, yeah. And, if you know, if, if, again, you know, we'll talk in, you know, five, ten years, <laughs> but <laughs> right now, how I see the people, the communities that are building these spaces, there's just a little bit more thought being, um, you know, kind of people taking into account the user experience, but not in the way that we traditionally think about it, but really of just what are the essentials here? What are people coming to the space for? Why are they using this space? Why are they sharing this with their friends? Of course, there's space still for, you know, advertising and kind of, I don't want to say completely traditional marketing, but, you know, there's there's still implications for that, especially now. But yeah, there's just something different. Especially in this, these kind of Web3 communities where the people are the ones that are building these spaces and building these experiences for themselves, you know, not for somebody else. It's not some, you know, company or some node that's controlling how you experience these things. It's a group of people, the most excited, let's say, fans or, or followers that come together um, and say, OK, this is this is what we want. Let's do it. Let's build it. Let's give our feedback and Ideally, the brand, or organization, company, whatever they they listen to their community. We've definitely seen use cases where that <laughs> goes awry a little bit, uh, but in an ideal world, that's that's where people take it.
2: I think we've come a long way, but you know there's still a still a bigger hill to climb or a mountain, let's just say. What do you think? You know, are the biggest challenges we need to overcome as an industry to get to mainstream adoption?
1: Oh, that is a, it's a big question, but I think again, kind of a layered question and layered answer. It depends what we're speaking about. If we're talking about, for example, very specifically augmented reality or XR technology, but let's you know stick to AR because at least right now, you know, uh, most people on the planet, even in developed, underdeveloped countries, let's say, are have have mobile phones. Most most people have access to that which is kind of the, that's something, you know, we speak to clients about as well. It's like, you don't need to ask your users to do anything extra. They're already there. They already have the technology. They're already in that space. Let's say Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. um, And they don't need to do anything to experience, you know, your, your whatever activation, your experience, your project, whatever. Um, Obviously when we're talking about virtual reality, that that's a little bit different, right? So people actually need to go out, they need to purchase a headset. They need to uh, you know, experience it for the first time, kind of those first like days or weeks, you know, when you're playing around with it. Um, I think it depends on the person. Some people are really easily adapted to it. Some people I've seen put it on and say, "You know, this is I'm not sure how I feel about this," you know. Uh, let's wait for something that's a little bit more, I don't know, lightweight or something. It's interesting, really, like you see very different kinds of reactions. Uh, But if we're talking about, and I don't want to overuse the term like Web3, you know, because I think it's thrown around a lot. But if we're talking about this new sort of iteration of the Internet, of uh, communities popping around, that's something that anyone, anywhere in the world very limited i would say access even is able to not only regard and 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 see how it's building but actually be a part of it build their own niche communities uh, and it's happening it's already happening it's just you have to know where to look you have to know where to find those spaces um there is those communities are popping up all over the place there's incredible projects that are coming out I feel like every month if not every week I see new projects new creators new experiences and you're just standing around and looking around and just saying oh my god like I feel like I don't know in the last like year two three like creativity in this space has just blossomed and I think looking at my friends who really have like absolutely no connection to this kind of space, this technology even, you just can't help but um, be amazed by it and kind of want to be a part of it in some way. I don't know, I have like a friend who's like barely, you know, has like no social media platforms, for example, doesn't use any like Instagram or like Twitter or anything, just even hates her like, you know, be on her phone. And even she like, You know, we were talking about generative AI, for example, and that was, like, super fascinating to her, and we kind of had this whole conversation about it. I was showing her a bit of mid-journey and things like that. So I don't know. It's just even for her, like, it's so distant, but she was just blown away by uh, what even kind of these simple programs can do at this point. So I don't know. I think that's a really hard question to answer, uh, but from my place... There are just way too many people in this space now for it to not go somewhere, if that makes sense.
0: Do you have any hopes and predictions for the upcoming year or couple of years for the XR or AR and maybe for your startup as well?
1: Yeah, yeah I think in XR as a whole or specifically AR because that's these days kind of what I'm working with a lot. Yeah, we're just seeing new sort of tools being built especially for creators Uh, people are becoming a little bit more familiar with uh, augmented reality as like an experience i would say other than just you know a face filter so realizing that okay you can have even ar try-ons for clothing for example you have incredible apps right now that are you know having people do these like really cool either Items that exist in the real world. So okay, try on this, you know, sweater before you go buy it, or try on something so futuristic that would never exist in the world that doesn't follow the laws of gravity. But how cool is this item? So there's that implication, and it's just going and going. So I think in the next year, we're going to just see like the craziest versions of those things. Of course, we're all waiting for the headset or the glasses or the contact lenses, whatever that may be, uh, to open up that space for us. Uh, from the marketing side, I'm just so excited for, I wouldn't say new because it's not new, it's been going on, but I think this more kind of mainstream adoption, as you said, of Web3 marketing, which is, let's say, centered around Community building versus these like centralized platforms, as we typically saw in, let's say, Web 2. That's been really exciting because it just feels like the natural evolution of this space and what people want. Uh, and I think the last thing for me that I'm excited to see is def- definitely where generative AI is going. I think it's like everyone's kind of like buzzword right now, but the implications are insane. I I can't wait. In the next year, we can talk again. (laughs) And I think we're going to be in a really different place. So yeah, I'm really excited. Where people can find more about you and your startup, you guys can follow me either on LinkedIn, Ina Fedosova, or, you know, check out our startup. So we are Moya, M-O-Y-A. We are a cross-metaverse multi-category retailer, so we're kind of connecting, you know, on one side, brands, companies, celebrities, and on the other side, their fans or consumers in this Moya network, as we call it. So as I mentioned briefly, we're doing kind of augmented reality merchandise and metaverse wearables. We're also building virtual spaces. We're optimizing assets across these metaverses. So yeah, we're super excited for this space to grow. We're always looking for partners and for people who want to create with us. So definitely check us out. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye.